1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of a -A Pack-A-Day podcast. It is Losers Monday, not Victory Monday, whatever you want to call it. The Green Bay Packers have fallen to the Chicago Bears at Soldier Field for the first time since 2010. They are eliminated from playoff contention with that combined with the Minnesota Vikings blowout win over uh, the Miami Dolphins. I'm your host, Jacob Westendorf. I am here today in Andy's usual spot, and Tyler, I am going to butcher your last name, so I'm going to go with Tyler G., and you can tell me how to say it.
2: Yeah, it's actually not as bad as it looks. You just can't let yourself be intimidated by it. It's uh, Greza Goric. You know, if you break it up phonetically, it's Greza, and then it's G-O-R-I-K, so Goric. It's pretty simple, actually.
1: Okay, much easier than I thought it was going to be, but... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, Tyler, you and I were doing this for the first time. We've never done anything together, so this should be interesting, if nothing else, but it's Monday. People are going to want to talk about the game, obviously. The Packers lost 24-17 to in a game that, at least in my opinion, throughout watching the game, I never felt that Green Bay had any business being in the game, quite frankly. I feel like the... Uh, Bears did a lot of things to keep Green Bay in the game. I feel like Matt Nagy got a little too cute throughout courses of the game. The fake punt, for example, not running the ball as much as maybe he should, especially against a defense that didn't have Kenny Clark and Mike Daniels playing. Uh, but there's a there's a sense that Green Bay has fallen this far behind in the talent gap, and I mean from. From a moral stand, moral victory standpoint, I suppose you could call this game that, because the Bears are a better team. They're a 10-win NFC North division champion, and the Packers have stumbled their way into five wins, seven losses now, or eight losses now, and a tie. Uh, but how did you feel throughout the course of this game? Did you ever feel like Green Bay really had a chance to win?
2: Uh, no, I did not, and I think that's just the epitome of this season. The Packers being in games, they probably shouldn't be winning for the most part, but then still having the opportunity to to win the game, but unable to make that one big play that they needed to win the game. And it's probably been like that for a couple years now, where the Packers have just been able to, you know, essentially find that play to win the game. And it's kind of catching up to them now um, where they're not able to make that play. But no, I didn't feel like they ever had a real chance of winning this game. I mean, obviously, when they tied it up at 14, I was I was a little bit more optimistic. But, again, you know, I just – there was that pit in my stomach the whole time that kind of said, it's just not going to happen. So, it was just uh, – it was inevitable at the end when they went up 24-14. to 14, But, yeah, it was just – it was a hard one to watch the whole time.
1: Yeah, it was. And I think that the Bears did everything they could to gift wrap this game to Green Bay, and Green Bay just wouldn't take it really – I mean, Tyler, if we break it down, if we sat down and watched all, what, seven Packers road games to this point, I think you would come to the conclusion that you're watching the same damn movie because for the most part, the games are close-ish. They're competitive. They haven't been blown out on the road. There's never been a game where I was like, oh, man, this was over at halftime as far as a road game goes. But they're competitive. They have a chance to either take the lead, tie the game, whatever. I mean, you can go back and look at it. Uh, at any of those games, uh, starting you know in LA for example, Ty Montgomery Fumbles in New England, Aaron Jones fumbles. Uh, going on from there, there's so many road games that you just look at and they all look the same. And add it all together and you have Owen 7 on the road this season. They will play in New Jersey next week against the New Jersey Jets to have a chance to try and keep that goose egg off the board. And that's going to lead to this other discussion we have. And, I mean, we'll talk about the game, but here's something kind of philosophical, I guess. Aaron Rodgers appeared to tweak his leg on, and I don't know what exactly yet. We're recording this as the game just ended, so I haven't heard the press conference yet. But Aaron Rodgers appeared to tweak his leg on a Hail Mary at the end of the half that, really, Devontae Adams almost should have come down with, but that's another story. Um. And now they're eliminated from the playoffs. The question is going to come up of should the Packers sit Aaron Rodgers for Deshaun Kaiser? Because if you think about it, knock on wood, obviously, but if Aaron Rodgers tears his ACL next week, then he's out until probably October of next year. He could conceivably come back in September. It's happened before, but you're asking for a lot there as far as ACL recovery goes, especially for a guy who's 35 years old right now. Are you in favor of these last two games playing Deshaun Kaiser? Now, I have no idea if they're going to do that. We don't have any idea if they're going to do that. But is that something you would be in favor of?
2: So, in a vacuum, I would have to say yes. You know, in a vacuum, I'm assuming that Rodgers is playing at Rodgers level. You know, the team is out of the playoffs. But due to the way that Rodgers has played recently, I'm a little bit in favor of trying to let him get back on track these last couple games, you know, Doing what you need to do to allow him to get comfortable again in this offense. And I fully understand if you want to hit Rogers for the last two games for the reasons that you just went over. And I do think that Kaiser needs to get some valuable NFL experience and you know some snaps before the end of this season. Um, I've been on that train for a few weeks now. But you know, after seeing today's game, Rodgers is just off. You know, he, he's just missing throws that he shouldn't be missing. If he hits that throw to MBS at the you know midpoint of the fourth quarter, I think we're talking about a different outcome today, and that that was not the only throw that Rogers missed. That you know the the throw to Graham, which I'm sure we'll get into in a little bit later, but that was behind him. You know that just uncharacteristic Rogers plays and throws and mental lapses, even that he needs to get fixed. And I think he might you need know, he might have to play the last couple of games in order to do that.
1: Maybe. Uh, I, I'm kind of back and forth on it. Here's kind of my take on the thing. Because I was on the show this morning or yesterday morning, for those of you that are listening on Monday, and said that I'm against tanking. Uh, and I am still very staunchly about that. I despise rooting for losing, uh, it's just not in my DNA. I, I can't do it personally as far as thinking about actively rooting on Sunday for the Packers to lose. However,. I am in favor of some of the younger guys getting some more time. And some of them have been by force. You know, guys like um, the young receivers, MVS, EQ, uh, Robert Tanyan, to some degree, has been in that group as well. But I think that you can play your young guys while still playing to win every single week. Whether or not that means you're protecting Aaron Rodgers, I think that's a decision for the coaching staff and the organization to make. It's something they did a year ago. They did... Sit, Aaron Rodgers. After they lost to Carolina, uh, they said he had a setback with the collarbone injury. If you believe that, I have a bridge to sell you, uh, and I will accept no less than one million dollars. So feel free to talk to me if you do believe that. But I, I don't. I mean, Rodgers has said, "Hell no, I'm going to finish this thing out." Those sorts of things. I don't know if it's something they'll do. If it were me. Uh, again, for the reasons I stated earlier, if he has a serious injury these last couple games, David Bakhtiari's playing on a bum wheel, and it's pretty obvious that he's limited to some degree on that leg. I think with this hodgepodge offensive line, it almost makes sense. Not only that, but then, yeah, you get Deshaun Kaiser, some valuable reps in a offense that is not run by Hugh Jackson and the Cleveland Browns, which right. – kaiser's your guy he's going to be your backup for the foreseeable future no he's not the quarterback of the future unless aaron Rodgers decides to retire tomorrow which i really can't understand but or see coming but i think there's some value in getting a guy like that some time on the field now if you do that that's kind of where you're taking some guys and putting them maybe devontae adams is active on sundays but you know Jake Kummerow or Jamon Moore, those guys are getting snaps. You're really looking at two glorified scrimmages if you go that route at the end of the year. So that's going to be something interesting to watch. But while we're on the discussion of Aaron Rodgers, listen, I don't think Mitch Trubisky is good. Uh, I think he's an average quarterback. He's had about as many good games as he's had bad ones. He was awful last week against the Rams, and the defense bailed him out. Uh, this week, he was okay. Uh, he threw the game-winning touchdown pass made some plays that were in front of him, did a good job extending plays with his legs. But I think what's not getting discussed now, some of this, yes, Mitchell Trubisky is playing against the Packers defense and Aaron Rodgers is playing against Khalil Mack and Eddie Jackson and Kyle Fuller and Roquan Smith and the Bears defense, the best defense in football. Take your rankings and whatever. If your rankings don't say that the Bears have the best defense in football, you have a bad ranking system. So, but the question that comes with that is, Aaron Rodgers, there were plays to be made today. It's not like this Bears defense just suffocated the Packers offense. Now, they made some plays. I'll give them credit for that. But you mentioned the series, the Bears basically gift-wrapped the chance for the Packers to take the lead. They're in field goal range, and for reasons I'm not sure of, they run wildcat with Tariq Cohen and Jordan Howard. Tariq Cohen fumbles and Green Bay recovers. They now have the ball in the fourth quarter with a chance to take the lead. In the past, this has been a time that they've found ways to win. Again, this year, especially on the road, they have found a way to lose that game. So, I say all that to say, that's a $33.5 million quarterback. And I'm not saying Aaron Rodgers' skills are eroding, or that they need to trade him, or cut him, or anything stupid like that. But, Tyler, do you have some concern going forward? Because it's very obvious, at least to me right now, it's not. it wasn't just... The head coach. The head coach certainly was an issue to a degree, but mm-hmm. it's not. It was not just Mike McCarthy as to why Aaron Rodgers not playing well. So, how much concern do you have? The Packers are married to this guy for the next three years. How much concern do you have about that going forward?
2: I mean, I don't have much concern. I just I don't think he's mentally right, and whatever that reason is, he wasn't. He's not in the flow because of the offense when you know McCarthy was in control or. You know, he's been dealing with the injuries, and he can't get over that. I, I don't know what it is, but we haven't really seen Aaron Rodgers be Aaron Rodgers for a while now. And we're going on a couple years, I think, if you want to start going back to last year. And it's, it is. It's starting to get a little frustrating. It's important to remain patient, obviously. Um but I do think that he's just mentally off right now. And, I, you know, this kind of goes back to what you we were just talking about. I, I think that he needs every opportunity to get back to his form before you say, hey, Rodgers is off. And, you know, even obviously he's going to be the quarterback of this team next year. But I do think you need to start looking towards the five-year future. They need to start evaluating like they did with Brett Favre and saying, hey, there's a, there is a strong possibility that in the next three years, four years he's not going to be the quarterback for this team and that's something that they have to start considering and I I think that Deshaun Kaiser could be that guy I think he has the talent to be that guy you know it's whether or not he can put everything together and kind of become an NFL quarterback but what what the Packers want to do with Rodgers I think they just need to make things easy for him and I, there's been a lot of discussion as to whether or not he just won't let things be easy, uh, i.e., change, changing plays at the line and stuff like that. But I, they need to figure it out because 2019 is gonna is gonna come up fast. You know, the draft is gonna come through fast, the free agency is gonna gonna blow by, and if they don't figure something out, this team's gonna be in the same exact position next year that they are this year.
1: I agree. I, I have some concerns as well because. I mean, here's the reality of the situation is the quarterback just simply has not played. It's not like Aaron Rodgers is throwing darts and receivers are dropping them. Now, that did happen today, and we'll get to that right after I get to this point. But, I mean, the throw to Randall Cobb after the fumble, he missed him by a mile. He missed him by a mile earlier in the game. And then he had a walk-in touchdown to Marquez Valdez-Scantling that he overthrew by a solid 7 to 10 yards. And that's something we're accustomed to seeing with bad quarterbacks or below-average quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers is one of the best quarterbacks, and in my opinion, at least the most talented quarterback to ever play in this game. So, with that in mind, those are unforgivable, especially when you know, you're know you paying this guy a lot of money. And there's a lot of complaints that go around about guys like Clay Matthews, Nick Perry, Brian Bulaga, players that have high salaries and are not performing. And it's, I mean, at least I think fair to say that Aaron Rodgers is not playing to the standard that he had when he was signed to that contract. Now, he's had some really good games this year, some vintage moments. That comeback against Chicago comes to mind. The game against San Francisco comes to mind. But he just hasn't looked right all year. And it's a conversation that needs to be had, I think, going forward. I want to go to, though, because I said it earlier in the year on Pulse of the Pack with Jason Perrone that... I believe that Aaron Rodgers has this Teflon coat on him. And it's almost like we as fans are so afraid to know what a bad quarterback looks like that we're afraid to criticize a good one. And Aaron Rodgers is still a good quarterback. There's no doubt about that. But the debate that comes to mind specifically today is the Packers are trailing 24-14 to 14, and they're in the red zone and he throws a pass to Jimmy Graham on third down that gets batted in the air and intercepted by Eddie Jackson. The ball hit Graham in the hands. Yes, he should have caught it. But at the same time, the ball was behind him, and that is a reason the ball was tipped in the air. Both of Aaron Rodgers' interceptions this year, they'll say came on plays that were tipped or hit the receiver in the hands, both of which happened to be Jimmy Graham. But that ball, just because it hit Graham in the hands, and does he have to catch that ball? Yes, that's what they're paying him to do is catch that pass. But the ball was behind him, and that is a big reason that that pass was intercepted. So, Tyler, where do you fall on this side? Is that Graham's fault? Is that Rodgers' fault? Is there... Is there something that brings him? Who gets, I guess, who gets the majority of the blame is what I'm asking.
2: Well, I think I'm kind of there with you in that it's equal parts blame to Rodgers and Graham. You know, as you mentioned, Graham was brought in to make those types of plays. And they could put, let's be honest right now, with what Graham has done, they could have put Richard Rodgers back out there this year and gotten similar production with what Graham has done. Because Graham has not done anything to set himself apart from the other tight ends on this roster, other than being the highest paid tight end on the roster. Even Lance Kendricks today had a decent game. He made a couple of good plays, but that's a play today that Jimmy Graham needs to make. It's a play that he should have making all year, and he hasn't been making all year. On the same note, Rodgers didn't really help him out that much. You know, yeah, Graham should make that play, because that was the type of player that he was coming into Green Bay, that he was in Seattle, that he was in New Orleans, but Rodgers needs to put that ball in a better spot for him. Rodgers is better than that. Rodgers is a $33 million quarterback. He needs to make that play much easier for Graham. And then if Graham's not making that play, then we're then we're saying, okay, it's all on Graham. It's equal parts blame. Now, back to Rodgers real quick. I don't know if the knee injury has impacted him this year in his mechanics because he's overthrowing a lot. He's overthrowing a lot, and then sometimes it seems like he tries to compensate with all arm strength. Now, I don't – I'm not an injury expert, but I do believe that if he's if he's nursing that knee, that would start to explain some of the overthrows that we're seeing. He had one – he had another one today on – it looks like a, a deep out type route. I have to go back and see. It was either a deep out or a deep sir, and he simply overthrew Cobb 10, 15 yards. And it's just – it doesn't make any sense to me, and I wonder if he's trying to compensate for that by using his just his arm strength. And he's faulting on his mechanics, and it's it's starting to show, and it's not pretty at all. And it kind of played into the Graham throw today, which he probably should have more than two picks on the year, but that's where he's at right now. And they were both intended for Graham, as coincidental as that is. But um, you know, it is what it is. It was equal parts blame to both Rogers and Graham uh, on that on that INT. I
1: agree. Um, and I think that, you know, Jimmy Graham has good numbers. He said the other day, my numbers suck. And Jimmy Graham has good numbers if he is a role player. Now the problem is, <laughs> Jimmy Graham is being paid like a star. And he has to produce at a star level. And he hasn't done that. Uh, I think the Jimmy Graham discussion is one for when we get closer uh, to the off season, as far as how it is that the Packers approach the tight end position. Because I've said it a lot on this show and others. There's four tight ends on the roster two of them don't have a contract for next year that's Lance Kendricks and Mercedes Lewis and allegedly Jimmy Graham has an out in his contract that doesn't cost the Packers a ton of money so it remains to be seen what they will do at the tight end position but I really do think you know that at least there's this game should at least give some credence to the fans that basically just wanted to blame Mike McCarthy for everything when the reality is Some plays are there, and the quarterback's not making them. Now, I'm not saying that McCarthy didn't deserve to get fired. That's very clear that he did. But the quarterback is a problem to some degree as well. Speaking of the coaching situation, after last week, you know, there was a lot. The Packers had won, so a lot of good things come out of a win. It masks a lot of flaws. I had been adamant throughout the course of the week that the Packers didn't do anything all that different in terms of how they played they just executed better now I know that's a boring bit of analysis but it's true all they did was execute better does this loss well first Tyler I guess I should ask was there anything Joe Philbin could do in your mind to earn him the head coaching job for them to shed that interim label at the end of the season or are you with me from the standpoint of I think that if you fire Mike McCarthy and hire Joe Philbin you've essentially just hired Mike McCarthy light and I'm not interested in hiring Mike McCarthy Light. So, was there anything you thought he could do? And does this loss end anything that should come out from the media as far as how Joe Philbin should be the next head coach of the Packers?
2: Well, I can say this, and it was something that I notated a couple of times on Twitter during the game. But Philbin's usage of the timeouts was a thousand times better than McCarthy's. You know, they actually gave the Packers a chance at the end of the game to to perform that onside kick and have a chance at a Hail Mary. Uh, his timeout usage has been far and away better than McCarthy's ever was. And I don't I don't understand McCarthy's penchant, and I don't think I ever will, but his penchant to just waste timeouts at random points in the game, it makes no sense. But uh, as far as Philbin, I felt like today was a lot of window dressing and a lot of setup without the actual – Without the actual table being like being set up, and so like there was a lot of run plays. Okay, there was a couple play actions, but then nothing else after that. There was a couple misdirections, but there was nothing to play off that misdirection. There was a lot of stuff to set up other stuff, with the real stuff never actually happening. If that makes any sense at all, and I don't know if Philbin was just trying to be like too cute, too sneaky. To whatever, but I mean the opportunities were also there that Rogers missed, as we talked about with with MVS and Eupeninia uh, St. Brown. If if those opportunities were wasted because of uh, St. Brown and his poor route running or his lack of timing with Rogers or Rogers just simply missing the throw, I don't know. I, but I do I do feel as though there was a bit of improvement in the play calling department. There was improvement in the game management area, and. The execution has remained the same, which to me says that this team needs a motivator. This team needs somebody to get in their faces and say, go play football, make a play, and let's get out of here with a win. And I feel like that this team has been lacking that for a while. When when they brought in Petten, Petten, sorry, this past offseason for the defense, I wanted a guy who was going to be vocal and electric and on the sideline for once, rather than Dom Capers who sat up in the box and I felt like he was really passive and I wanted somebody to bring some energy to this team, and I, I think that this team still needs that. And that might be something that I'm going you to know, weigh heavier than other than other characteristics when I'm looking for the next head coach of the Packers.
1: So while I have you then, I think that's a fair question. I've said, and it's my pinned tweet, so those of you guys that follow me, go ahead and check it out. But you know, I don't have specific names as far as who I want to be the next head coach. I have characteristics and qualities. So young, offensive-minded, invested in analytics. Not Josh McDaniels and not John DiFilippo. Those are basically my um, my characteristics that I would like to see in the next Packers head coach. With that in mind, those characteristics eliminate names like John Fox and Jeff Fisher. So I don't even have to discuss somebody like that. I haven't seen, though, Tyler, do you have specific names or something in mind? Because I know something that's getting a lot of pull in the Packers fan base now is they are asking for Vic Fangio the defensive coordinator of the Chicago Bears and he was a candidate for the Packers defensive coordinator uh, position in the offseason allegedly. uh, The Packers only ended up interviewing one candidate it was Patton and he took the job but do you have somebody in mind or do you have characteristics in mind in terms of who you're looking for when this coaching search kicks off here in about two weeks?
2: Yeah if you had asked me probably earlier in the week I would have said Josh McDaniels and I know you just said you're against him and I had my reasonings for it but I think I'm kind of moving away from that idea and kind of parlaying into what I just talked about I'm looking for a motivator of men and there's something I've talked about if you follow me on Twitter I actually brought up Vic Fangio as being the Packers next head coach, retaining Mike Patton becoming a, just a defensive mental powerhouse, you know, and then bringing in a young hot to run the offense I think you've got I don't, know, I don't know, and I can't speak to Fangio's ability as a leader like that, but I've heard good things uh, another guy that I'm looking at is Chris Richard from Dallas, you know He came from the infamous Legion of Boom uh, and coaching that secondary. You know, I'm looking for a guy that's going to get these guys to go out there and play their hardest every single game, every single snap. And I think my ideal coaching situation is either retain Patton or bring in somebody that you feel is capable of running the defense, i.e. the next head coach, capable of running the defense, And then for the head coach, I think I want a guy who's going to be an energy guy, a guy who's going to motivate guys, a guy who is not necessarily X's and O's, but can manage a roster, can manage a game, and be smart about it. And then you have your young hotshots, the defensive and offensive coordinators, calling plays, doing the X's and O's, stuff like that. I I think that's the formula to success right now. Um, I I am moving away from the McDaniels idea. I still think it would be a fine hire. I know people, a lot of people are against it. Uh, I think it's still a good hire. Uh, but, you know, ultimately I think this team needs a an injection of energy and passion. And uh, I think that Fangio would be a great, great option for that. Chris Richard, as I mentioned, there's a couple other guys out there that come to mind. But um, I think that's ultimately what I'm looking for in the next head coach.
1: I'm just happy I didn't hear Joe Philbin or Brett Favre <laughs> or some of the other <laughs> stupid oh, names. Oh, Andy's thrown out like a list of people whose applications we wouldn't even accept, but there are legitimately people who have thrown out some of these names like it was a good idea. And I mean, I'm sorry guys, but Brett Favre as the head coach would be a freaking disaster.
2: I'd be Um, expecting my pink slip in the mail tomorrow if I said Brett Favre on
1: here. Yeah. I wouldn't blame you at all uh, from that standpoint, (laughs) because if Andy was smart, that's what he would do as far as giving us pink slips, if we suggested that. So (laughs) a lot remains to be seen. Like I said, the head coaching search black Monday is two weeks from tomorrow a lot of other coaches are going to be let go. There will be some guys out and about. And that's really when the coaching search will kick off. I'm sure the Packers will have to wait a little bit on if um, some teams are in the playoffs being able to interview some of their guys. I know a name that's come up is Chiefs Offensive Coordinator Eric bien Uh Josh McDaniels is a guy you mentioned. The Patriots are going to be in the playoffs because they always are. Those of you that are listening in the background, uh, my dog, that is Charlie Woodson, and she's named after Charles Woodson, obviously. So I apologize, but she really wants to be downstairs for this show, apparently. So that's where we're at with that. Uh, So I apologize for that ahead of time, but she really wanted to be on the show. You just got a
2: lot to say about the Packers' next head coach, that's all.
1: Yeah, that's pretty much uh, how that went. So real quick, let's go in. Uh, Next week, they're going to play the New York Jets, and we're not going to be able to speak, obviously, before that time hits uh i mentioned it you know the packers they're going to be playing against another team that has nothing to play for green bay has nothing to play for joe philbin just said in his press conference he hasn't heard of any decision to shut down aaron Rodgers, so it sounds like at least as of right now that's not going to happen me personally i have no con i don't care how bad the jets are i have no confidence in this team winning on the road every road game like i mentioned there's seven road games and they've all looked pretty much the same and it's not like they've lost to all juggernauts on the road. Yes, teams like the Bears, the Patriots, and the Rams are good good teams that they had to play on the road. Seattle's a good team they had to play on the road. But they still lost to Detroit. They still lost to Washington. Uh, and Minnesota's an average team that they found a way to piss down their leg in that game, though. So, Tyler, how much confidence, if any, do you have in this team going into New Jersey next week and getting their first road win since last year against the Cleveland Browns?
2: For me, I don't have a lot of confidence. Uh, for the remainder of the season, the only thing I want to see is good execution. And that makes me incredibly sad because that makes it sound like we're talking about a two, three win football team that just can't go out there on any given Sunday. And you know what? This team is probably not much better than the Cardinals, that the team that they lost to just a couple of weeks ago. I just want to see them go out there and execute. And I don't care who's out there doing it. If it's Devontae Adams or J-Mont Moore, Deshaun Kaiser, Aaron Rodgers, David Bakhtiari, Jason Spriggs, I don't care who it is. I just want to see execution. I think I prefer to see the young guys out there, get a little bit more film on them to move forward and churn the back end of the roster for 2019. But if it's not and they just want to go out there and throw the starters out there and execute, then I'm perfectly fine with that. And I think that that's got to be the biggest concern for the last two weeks.
1: I'm with you, and whether that means Aaron Rodgers is playing, whether that means Deshaun Kaiser is playing, ultimately, yeah, that's my goal is I want to see players playing well because, you know, as Aaron Rodgers always says, that's what we're paid to do. We're paid to play well. Uh, and they, they really haven't done it for a lot of the season, and that's why they're in the position that they are in right now. That yeah, We are out of time for this show, but be sure to check out the podcast every day. It's at Pack A Day Podcast. You can follow the show on Twitter on that uh, handle that I just gave out, You can follow Tyler. Tyler, how can we find you?
2: So, as always, you can find me at Tyler underscore Grez. That's T-Y-L-E-R underscore G-R-E-Z.
1: Okay, so at Tyler Grez, and you can find me. I am at Jacob Westendorf. Good conversation with you guys throughout the course of today's game and obviously all week leading up to it. Packers eliminated from the playoffs. Two weeks left. We will have you all rest of the regular season and all offseason long to talk draft free agency. The Packers do have a lot of assets. It's just a matter of if they can use them correctly as the rest of this year can play out. But thank you guys as always for listening in. The season's over uh in terms of the competitive portion of it, but we're fans 24-7, 365. So thank you guys for listening all season long. Hopefully next year when we do this podcast, we're talking about clinching the NFC North, looking at a first round buy and home field advantage, potentially a Super Bowl uh, appearance. But for now we have to settle for the idea that the bad taste in our mouth is the Chicago Bears are the NFC North champions, and that's the way it's going to be. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Mike Daniels, I believe, after the game said, I want to puke, and that's about how yes. I feel. So, Thank you guys for listening, and as always, go Pack Go.
0: Third and six, trailing 30-23, to 23, two minutes straight up to go in the game. San Francisco showing a blitz through the A-gap, and here they come. Rodgers looking. Throws left side of the The end zone. Here Touchdown. Devontae Adams. Left corner of the end zone from Aaron Rodgers. 16-yard touchdown pass. The Packers an extra point away from getting this game tied. Beathard on third, down and three, in the shotgun. Football to the 46 at Green Bay. Packers showing a blitz, and here they come. Beathard looking, hit as he throws it deep down the right sideline. And intercepted. intercepted on the play. Spectacular interception by Kevin King at the nine yard line of Green Bay. Snap to Rogers looking right. Throws the right side, St. Brown makes the nice reach. The oh, he reached back to gather it in, using all six, five of his frame. Tumbled out of bounds. Inside the 30 of the 28-yard line. Snap to Rodgers. Looking downfield. Throws the left side. Damn, yes. got it. Better, out of bounds inside the 10-yard line. Oh my goodness, what a throw and catch. Again they beat Maven down the left sideline hunter bradley the snap jk scott down on one knee arm extended here it is placement made kick is up good. it's good he is good delivers the there dagger one week after his worst day ever he delivers the dagger tonight and the packers win 33 to 30